0: huh? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Here's, here's what he said. He said, fear is not real. Danger is real, but fear is a choice. I just experienced fear, okay? I, just, I come up here with a knot in my stomach every, every week. I get, I get nervous. I get afraid, and I, I agree that there's a choice related to fear, but it's how you're going to respond to it. My experience is it happens. I I deal with fear. Fear is a very common thing. If you're a man, you try to handle it in a manly way. You do your best. But all of us face fears, and we respond in different ways. We're going to look at some of those ways that that we respond this morning, and then we're going to look at what the Bible says about how to respond to fear. I asked my daughter-in-law, Gina, if I could share with you a Facebook post that she put up a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Uh, It was right before uh, my grandson's birthday on May 20th, and she wrote this. Thinking on God's goodness, two years ago today, I figured this is going to happen. I'm going to try to make it through this. (laughs) Um, The 18th. We found out in a prenatal sonogram that Blake was in distress from heart and stomach problems. Friends literally around the world began praying with us as I I was induced three weeks early. When he was finally born, two days later, they couldn't find anything wrong. They had a big team of doctors and nurses ready to perform an operation on him outside of the womb. Our pediatrician still calls him a miracle baby. I'm very grateful today for God's kindness in taking care of Blake and want to say thank you to all our family and friends who prayed with us and for us in all that time. I got the call from my son that morning. I wasn't he they were having a routine doctor's appointment. I got a call from Thad and I was in the office and Cindy happened to be helping out at, at the office. My wife, Cindy, she, she was helping out at that time, and got the call from Thad. He said, "Dad, they're going to take us in the hospital. They're concerned about what's going on with the baby, and uh, they may, need, you know, they're going to need to induce Gina." And uh, so I went out, told Cindy, and went back to my desk and started working. <laughs> that was my response to what was going on. Kind of odd, huh? I thought that was kind of strange and I thought well we have a ticket to fly back for the birth of the baby next week we'll just go next week. Well, I'm sitting there trying to concentrate on whatever it was I was needing to work on and I'm sure it involved thinking and I kept getting distracted by it. Cindy's out there trying to do her work and I'm I'm walking through this in my mind thinking well you know I'll just start praying. All I can do is start praying. Well it It worked out so that we, uh, a friend of ours, gave us points, and we ended up being able to be there that day. We said, "Okay, can't can't do this. We'll just be there for the for them to see what happens, what goes on." But I prayed. I went back to work, and I tried to concentrate. Concentrate, and then the Lord provided a way to go back. And that was my response to that to that situation. We all have very different responses. And there's that knee-jerk response to fear. And then there's the choice as to how you're going to work through it and handle it. That was mine. We'll get back to that story later. There, There are multiple options to choose from when we're dealing with fear. Some common responses to fear are give in to your emotions, just wallow, and melt. Just right there on the floor, wherever you're at. You just cave in. The fear causes us to cave into the emotions. We can't muster the courage to do what we need to do because of the threat. It's very real. And we cave in. Another one is to deny that the threat is real. We just sort of go on. That's, I guess, what I was trying to do <laughs> on that day when I got caught from Thad. There were problems with the baby. And. Um, we just try to ignore it, try to go back in, start working, oh, you know, and then it begins to sink in. It's very difficult to do that. It's hard to stuff it because it's going to show up somewhere. It's hard, hard to deny it. Another option is to fabricate a refuge of our own. We, we come up a way with dealing with the fear, the anxiety, the worry, whatever. We come up with a way on our own to find a refuge from it. Some drink alcohol, do drugs, or others latch on to a person that they hold on to, and they want this person to shelter them. Uh, sometimes we do that. We, we just want to, this person to come through for us. We hang on. Or maybe it's a group of people, like a family. That's our refuge. We, we take refuge in the family or another group. Maybe it's a church group. We take refuge in them. Maybe we just either get busy or we stay busy, so we're never alone with our thoughts, but that's very difficult to do. Some people run to money, look, look to build a financial refuge. Often we fabricate something else, a protective, I'll call it this, a protective belief system. So, something happens, we're afraid of the future, we're not quite sure how things are going to unfold from this time forward, and we fabricate not only a refuge, or we have this refuge we go to, but we come up with these beliefs that that we think, and one of those could be everything happens for a reason. We we have a belief, well, this is, this is scary, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I know everything happens for a reason. Or... It's going to turn out okay. It always does. It's going to be okay. But then this is, this is a hollow bit of help because some stuff just doesn't make sense to us. Well, if it happens for a reason, what's the reason? <laughs> you know, What in the world is it? We can't see the reason. We can't fathom the reason, but it's happening for a reason. Why, Why would that be? Why would I have to go through this? The truth is, we need to know someone who has the wisdom and the power to use it for our good purpose, who knows the reason, who knows what's going on. This is why the best response to fear is faith. Best response, hands down. When you take refuge in the wrong things, when you fabricate a refuge for yourself, you can gain a false Temporary sense of security. And then the refuge starts caving in on you. Alcohol and drugs, they wreak havoc on your body. They impair, over time, your ability to handle your responsibilities. And they ruin, it ruins relationships as you operate with their effects. Both on your body and on your mind and the way you handle things. People in groups... If you run to them, many times God uses them to help. But if you're running to them first, they can let you down because they have their own stuff they're concerned about. They, they're distracted from your needs and concerns. And, and they have their own load to carry, so they, they disappoint. They let you down. They're just, they're just human beings like you are, and they can't always do what needs, needs to be done. And busyness... Can't always suppress the fearful thoughts. It just, they keep popping up. And you have to deal with them. There, there are holes in your belief system that can't be filled when you're dealing with the anxiety that comes from fear. When you create your own protective belief system, there are holes in it. And they just can't be filled when you're dealing with the fears and when you're walking through these things. When we arrived at the hospital, back to the story, when we arrived at the hospital in Fort Worth for the birth of our grandson, we're in the waiting room. We don't know how it's going to turn out. She was in labor for three days. It was agonizing for her. But that first day, we'd been there for a few hours, and I got a text from my son, Thad, and he said, Gina and I are holding on to... Isaiah 41.10. I'm going to try to make it through this message. Just really, the first part's the only rough spot. (laughs) He said, in the text, he said, we're holding on to Isaiah 41.10. And this is what it says. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. we we need someone when we're dealing with fear we need someone who has the wisdom and the power to work it out whatever happens for our good we have refuge is <laughs> that we create that we run to but we need someone that we can trust really does have the wisdom and power to help god is that person great thing about knowing god and and inviting him into your life and walking through life with him great thing about it is you can trust him in the midst of what would be otherwise crippling fear he's trustworthy he comes through he will always come through and he's promised to be our guide he's been my guide In in Scripture, God's presence is the go-to source of strength when we're facing fear. It's the go-to. He, He Himself is our refuge. You'll see that all through the Bible, all through. He is our refuge. He alone has the wisdom and power to guide and use whatever's going on. For a reason, for a purpose. In the movie After Earth that we're just launching from the theme of today, the main characters had a mission to accomplish and their life dependent on it. The son is literally running for their lives (laughs) to get what they need to survive. And the dad's given him some counsel on how to handle the fear that's coming up because it's a very uh, hostile environment. For sure. He says, fear is a choice. It's not real. Danger's real. And then he, he also says, at one point in the movie, um, root yourself in the present. Realize. Get in touch with what's going on in your senses. Very existential. Get in touch with what's going on. Root yourself in the present and realize the power that you have within now I, I personally, God's given me strength, he's given me a mind, he's given me a certain level of power, but I don't have enough to deal with the fear without him. When God was leading Moses, and every leader you see through, um, throughout history that he led When he was leading Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses stuttered, didn't feel like he had everything he needed to to lead the people. It just, you know, it was a couple million people leading them out. Big, you know, task. Going to be a lot of battles. He was fearful of taking the lead and what he was going to do. God's answer to him is the same answer that he gives to you and I when we deal with fear i will be with you sure you stutter you you struggle you're you're afraid you're not quite sure how this is going to turn out you don't know where it's going to go but i will be with you i'm asking you to do this and i will walk with you through it i will do it and when you read the story of the israelites in the early books of the old testament the first part of the bible uh, you, you notice that when they chose to handle things on, on their own without God's help, God just stepped back and let them do it. It's the way He is. He He just let them let them handle it, and and they would suffer the consequences of that. He does this in my life again and again. When I trust Him, when I handle things on my own, I I shrink inside and I have to deal with it under my own strength, but when I put my confidence in him, I gain the strength to face the challenge. He strengthens me. He he is my refuge. Faith is the best response to fear. Now, why is that? Why is faith the best response? Well, first of all, a prayer of faith connects you to the one who can really help. He's in control. He, He never leaves. He's our guide. He's promised to guide us. This is not a hollow truth. This is the real truth about life. He's promised to guide those who walk with him, who turn from going their own way and will walk with him and invite him into their life and ask for his help. He, he will do that. Um, it's a promise from a person with the power to help us through our fears. Second, fear will not go away on its own. It's just not going to dissipate. We we have to deal with it. Faith in God brings the courage to face our fears. And then third, facing our fears is necessary if we're going to experience life to the full. Now, it's just the way life is in this world. It's, It's full of fears. And actually, facing them, is the only way to experience life to the full. When we try to ignore ignore or dull our fear, we never grasp the depths of God's faithfulness. We never understand how faithful he is. And our experience in living life is small. God God wants us to live life to the full. He, He wants us to get everything we can out of it. And a part of that right now in this world is facing fear, dealing with fear. Putting our faith in him allows us to experience life with him. God is our refuge in trouble like no one or nothing else. When we run to a refuge that we fabricate for ourselves, it's like we think we're undercover, but in reality we're exposed. You ever play hide and seek with a toddler? That's a kick, isn't it? You know, they run and they hide, and maybe they're behind the curtain and they've got a full leg out, you know, you see their arm and their leg, and you got to pretend like you can't see them, but there they are right there, and you're, hey, where's Johnny, you know, you're, where, I can't find him. That, well, when we fabricate a refuge for ourselves, that's what's going on. We think we're covered, we think we're covered, but we're exposed at least halfway. We're in real trouble. But if you run to God, if He's our refuge, if you run to Him, He's the one that can see the whole picture and He can cover. He can cover us. Two, make sure that we accomplish His purpose. The Lord's purpose will not fail in our lives. So let's look at how to face our fears in faith. There's some real help in scriptures to do this. Our fears can be like a mold that spreads in the dark and it it can get out of control. If we continue reacting to fear out of our own familiar patterns, then the fear grows and it begins to impact our insides and our life. It shows up on the outside and those around us. So it's very important to to learn how to walk with God through our fears, how to deal with them. Uh, Our natural response to fear can't provide us with the light we need to see how to deal with the fear the right way. So we need help. Through the Bible, God brings light into our darkness that we all experience, the darkness of fear, and it shows us the way out. We're going to dig into Philippians in the book of Philippians in the Bible, Paul is writing to a church that he started uh, recently and he wanted to help them learn how to deal with the pressures of life. They were all under persecution in the first century. All the believers were persecuted. There's a lot of fear. And Paul is writing because he, he had helped these people come to Christ. He had established this church. And he was trying to help them get a grip on how to handle the fear and and the challenges they were facing. But what's so fascinating is Paul's writing it from prison. He's writing this letter while imprisoned in Rome, and he's giving perspective encouragement while his hands and feet are shackled himself. Talk about dealing with fear. Paul, I'm sure, had some fears. He had no privacy. He was in the middle of terrible conditions in Rome, in prison. Yet he's writing a letter to a group of people that he loved, rejoicing in his circumstances and encouraging them to live by putting their faith in God, living for God in every circumstance they find themselves. So he he was committed to living by faith, and he's trying to show them why it's important to do that. And this, check out his perspective. This is at the very beginning of the letter. We're going to dig into Philippians 4 in a moment, but this is what he said at the beginning. As as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, God will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. This is his goal. What, what a valuable perspective. You know, th- this is where I'm headed, this is my hope. I, I don't want to be ashamed. I want to face what I'm dealing with with courage, whether by life or death. He was facing some real fear, never seeing his friends again, people he loved, people he was writing to, other friends, family. Uh, embarrassment from the accusations. You know, he's in prison. That doesn't look good. His reputation's at stake. How is this going to turn out? Failure. Failure to do what God had given him to do. And death. He he was facing death at at this moment in time. But despite these fears, Paul's desire was not to be ashamed and to act with courage, whether that meant life or death for him. I'm going to focus the rest of the message on Philippians 4, 4 through 9, And pull out some helpful perspective that he gives. That's the backdrop. That's what's going on in his life. But listen listen to this or read with me on the screen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. This this is his guidance that god gave him that's passed on to us so we can figure out how to face our fears in faith first thing face the worst but don't stay there first thing to do face the worst don't don't wallow in the worst don't stay in the worst Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is close by. We hesitate to face the worst because we somehow believe that denying the worst possible outcome, the worst case scenario, if we don't think about that, then maybe it won't happen. We can keep it from happening by just blocking it out of our minds and not thinking about it. We don't have that much power. We just don't. Face the worst-case scenario and then rejoice in it. That's what Paul's doing, whether by life or by death. I hope I have the courage to do what I need to do. He's gone there. Facing your fear can bring you into the presence of God like nothing else if you ask him for help to respond in courage and to gain the wisdom to have the right attitude and perspective for it. It brings you into the presence of God like nothing else. If you block it out, if if you refuse to think about the worst, then you're not dealing with what's really going on. You're not rooted in reality. You're, You're just sort of denying reality. So this is important. If we refuse to face the worst, our faith will be dwarfed. Like we have a ficus tree. We've had this ficus tree for years and it's in a pot and it only gets so tall it will only grow so much because it's contained in this pot and and that's what happens in our lives if if we refuse to let the fear sink into us and real you know deal with it and face it then what happens is we sort of contain our growth. Our growth is contained because we're not dealing with everything that's out there. We're only dealing with what we're wanting to look at, what we're willing to deal with, and what we're willing to consider. And we, we don't grow. That's why this is important, not to deny reality. The word rejoice means to be calmly happy in this instance here. Whether in life or death, I want to be courageous. I'm going to calmly Rejoice in this. I'm going to be happy before God. He settled, Paul settled his response to the worst outcome in his circumstances, and we need to do the same. I know many here may be facing some real fear. There's some things that are going on in your life right now. You, you aren't quite sure how it's going to turn out. You just don't know. You can trust God. You you can rejoice, not in the circumstance, maybe a horrible circumstance, but you can calmly be happy if you run to God and ask for his help. He will give you the strength you need to walk through this time. Uh, Many times, fear causes us to avoid completely what's really going on. But if we face it, God will give us the strength. And actually, if we face it, it will lead us into his presence. Paul reminds us that we can rejoice because even if the worst happens, the Lord's at hand. He he is near, and God will take care of those who choose to trust him with their fears. While, While we can face the worst in the middle of fear, we don't want to stay there. We don't want to wallow there. But we can settle it. We need to move on. Recognizing that the Lord is at hand, that the Lord is near, is a key thing in dealing with fear. Because the second thing we can do is call out to God for help. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul reminds the new church, and therefore he reminds us to turn to God in prayer. He says, move from rejoicing to requesting. We, we make a shift to, to requesting. Faith isn't denying your circumstances, denying what's going on and hoping they'll dissipate. It's believing that God is bigger than your circumstances. these big, bigger than this life on earth itself and trusting him with whatever comes your way you, you can decide to let your fears lead you into his presence in fact he's waiting for you to do that as you deal with fear and anxiety aggressively take things to god in prayer we tend to stew in our fears to let them overwhelm us and and if we're not careful over time we'll melt in the pot of our fears instead take your specific concerns to god and be thankful and, and the peace comes. All through those three days, we, when our, son, our grandson Blake was uh, being, Gina was in labor and we were waiting for him to be born, the only way to deal with the fear is to keep asking God for help. God, I don't know how this is going to go. But Lord, would you give us the grace? Would you give Thad and Gina the grace? Would you give the help to walk through this time? It's not that you pray once and it's over. <laughs> it's that you continue to pray. You continue to ask God for the help all through the day as you're dealing with the fear. God, would you help? I don't know how this is going to go, but would you give me the help I need? Would you give me everything, the perspective? Would you, would you help me sort this out? Would you give me the courage to say what needs to be said, to do what needs to be done? Would you help, God? Would you give me everything I need? Over and over and over, our minds need to go to God in prayer. With thanksgiving, making our request to him. It's In these moments, walking with God becomes real. I can receive peace in the midst of the turbulence, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the fear, and nothing else on the face of the earth can bring this peace except God. Let your fears lead you into God's presence. And then direct your thoughts. This is the other way to face your fears. Direct your thoughts to the truth. Verses 8 and 9 of Philippians 4 says, Brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Another translation says, dwell on these things. This is where you dwell, in the truth, in the things that are right, honorable. Don't let your mind go where it normally goes. Don't let it swirl with all of these things. Pray, connect with the one who can help over and over again. Thank him for whatever the outcome. Thank him for his help. Recognize his presence. And then direct your thoughts to the truth. After relief from fears comes uh, from calling out to God, we must continue to direct our thoughts. I don't know about you, but my thoughts are kind of like a dog without a leash if I don't put them on a leash. You know, dogs let them go, and they're going to go sniffing in the trash on the gutter. They're going to be running all over the place, checking everything out. They're just... If I don't put my thought, thoughts on a leash, they're going all over the place. And so we need to direct our thoughts to the right thing. Verses like Isaiah 41.10 really help. They focus your thoughts. So if you can soak in the Word of God, bring, bring to mind the Word that applies to your circumstance, it's a tremendous amount of help there. Um, God, God gives the help, and He gives the truth as we soak it in. That's why getting into the Scripture, that's why we talk about the Bible every week. Because it contains... Not a fabricated protective belief system, but it contains reality. And as we learn it and soak it in and then uh, learn how to think the right things related to what we're going through, boy, there's a tremendous amount of help. Fears have a way of exposing what we actually believe, what we actually think. And it's in the midst of fear that we see what's important to us, what we value, and the way we really think comes to the surface. And if we have protective belief systems, they'll cave in. So we need to put our minds on a leash. Uh, Responding to fear means I identify the fear, and then I speak the truth to it. And thinking about the right things and doing the right things, I don't buckle into fear because God gives me the strength I need. Fear is real for me. I don't know about you. I drove last night, we were at a wedding in Turlock at 5 o'clock last night, and uh, so it's five-hour drive, so we got out of the wedding about 8 o'clock, and I had a real fear that I was going to fall asleep. That's not, that's not false fear. And then, you know, you, you ever done that? You ever driving and you're trying to fight falling asleep, and that's real to me. That's a real fear when you start to nod off. I didn't, though, honey, that was, that was, it was Friday night that I was struggling. Last night, I had so much tea at the wedding, I was, (laughs) I was fine. But Friday night, I got, I got, uh, I got scared a couple times. I'm driving along and, you know, whoa, whoa, I don't want that to happen. That's scary. Fear is real, in my experience, but my response to it is a choice. I I can choose how I'm going to work through it, how I'm going to walk through it. I can walk through it on my own, or I can walk through it with the living God who wants to take me through it in a way that will bless me, in a way that will really be a help to me. God is more than able to provide the wisdom and power that I need to face the fear, no matter what it is. He he can give me what I need to face it and to fulfill his purpose in it through me. He he is faithful. I'd like to wrap up the message as the band comes up uh, today, right now, uh, this morning. And I'd like to ask you to think through some next steps that you might possibly take. If you would, please take out that connection card again. On the back of that card, there are some next steps. If you'd like to finish completing any information that... You haven't had an opportunity to complete, that'd be great, or some of these next steps. When the offering comes by, you could drop it in the offering, that would be a help. Here are my suggestions. Memorize Isaiah 41.10. Really great place to direct your thoughts. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Another step could be to choose one response, look at those responses to fear, how to face your fears in faith, and maybe look on that listening guide and circle the one that you, that you want to focus on when fear comes this week or when you're dealing with the fears maybe you're facing right now. What is it? And then I'm going to add a box, um, and here's the box I'm going to add. There are other options there. Next steps you could take with the meetups and things. But maybe you're at the point right now, you've been investigating what it means to follow Christ, and and you're ready to decide to give your life to Him. Quit living on your own, your own way, and give your life to Christ. Draw another box in there. If you're ready to commit your life for the very first time to follow Jesus as Lord and to uh, receive Him as your Savior, Draw a box and just say, commit to Christ for the first time. He, if you're, if you're de- there is no one else who can help you with your fear the way that God can. He, he's the only one that has the wisdom to know a reason, to, to work out the reasons, and the power to actually help make it good for you. That's his promise to those who love him. He doesn't take us out of the world. We still deal with the fear. We still deal with the reality of the hurts and the ups and downs and the potential danger. But he promises to walk through those with us. So if you're ready to decide to follow Christ for the very first time, draw another box and put commit to Christ for the first time. That'd be great. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth that's in your word that helps us, God, that gives us uh, just the right perspective, and that says to us, you really care about us. You, You don't want us to go through life without you. Father, I pray that you give us the power to take these next steps you've laid on our heart, that you give us the courage to do what we need to do in the face of our fears. And use them, God, to grow us and change us to be more like you. We ask for your help in this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.